You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret Wyatt, Terry Brooks, Sheena Kamal, Matthew Quick, JT Ellison, Walt D. Williams, Brad Ford, Corey, Dr. O, Brandon Robin Mock, Ernest Klein, Jim Butcher, Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Well, thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I am super excited to have one of my favorite writers on the show with me today, Daniel Kinney, or you may know him as Daniel Carson. Uh, As Daniel Carson, he writes a fantastic cozy mystery series, the Hope Walker Mystery Series. Um, one of my favorite mysteries uh, that, that's kind of an ongoing thing. I love it. Uh, and uh, an excellent series of about 480 kids books that you put out so far now. Um, as- well, it sounds like, <laughs> seems like 480. I, man, it's, it's, it's a lot less than that, but yeah, it, uh, yeah, there's, it there's feels quite, like a lot. There's quite a few and, and quite a few series uh, that you publish as, uh, as Daniel Kinney. Um, I love all of it that you do, and uh, I'm super excited to have you back on the show today, Dan. Welcome. Thank you, Hank, as always. I really appreciate you and everything you do for authors, and I appreciate you having me back. Uh, You are the best at what you do. Well, thank Uh, you. It's amazing. You're coming up on a thousand episodes, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken, this will be episode 996. Uh, Wow. Incredible. uh, Next week will be uh, will be episode one thousand. So I'm super stoked about it. And that's awesome. Uh, pardon me. Well, I've got a bit of a late summer cold and uh, yeah, getting a, a a new cough drop. But yeah, uh, yeah, I I can't. It, it's crazy because uh, every day I get to come here and talk to some of my favorite people on earth, authors, about books and you know what a. And we were just talking a little bit beforehand, kind of the, the craziness that's going on in the world. This is the day after the election. But one thing that we can always count on are, are great stories uh, that, you know, can help us either avoid the world for a little bit or help us to process the world. You know, how however you want to look at that. Um, but, you know, the last time we talked, you had just uh, kind of cranked up this uh, the uh, the cozy mystery series, the Hope Walker series. Yes. Um, and I know you're. You've kind of closed out season one, uh, as it were, and and starting a, a new leg of that. How's that going? And and uh, tell me a little bit about uh, you know going from uh, a person who is kind of known as a kids author, uh, doing these these great picture books and these uh, you know chapter books, and then kind of transitioning to this other passion that you have. Yeah, no, it's been a great transition. Uh, It's a transition I've kind of done in the midst of another big transition in my life. So I was a stay-at-home dad for a number of years. But last year, my youngest son finally got to the age where he could go to school full-time. So it was time for me to head back into the workforce. Uh, My training is as a teacher. So last year, I started back uh, full-time teaching high school again after uh, a number of years being out of it. So, uh, so I, I kind of undertook the cozy mystery transition uh, just as I was getting back into full-time work. Uh, so it was a lot of new stuff. But in terms of the transition itself from, from writing kids' books to this other thing, uh, 
I, I really wanted to write adult genre fiction. Uh, cozy mysteries is where my heart was. I think if I was ever going to write something besides that, I, I was thinking about thrillers. But quite honestly, in a lot of the thrillers, there's a level of violence that, although I have no problem reading, um, I, I was struggling to think about how I would kind of do that as a, a just as a dad and a husband. Uh, I wanted the kind of things that my wife could read, and she's pretty sensitive to violence. Yeah. And so I, I found something that in Cozy Mysteries that even though it was based on murder, you know, the violence is off the page. Uh, you kind of think Hallmark mystery sort of thing. Uh, and so I, I dove right in and I was really nervous at the beginning uh, because I just I just didn't know if it would work. I, I didn't know if if people would enjoy my stories, just that basic level of sort of author nervousness. But then more than that, as I looked around at the cozy mystery genre, quite honestly, most writers are women. Uh, m most of the cozy mysteries feature female protagonists. And I was really nervous about how I would be able to do. In fact, I'm in an author group with a bunch of really successful mystery writers. And I asked their advice. I asked if maybe I should go with a female pen name or, or maybe something that was uh, a little less clearly a male name. Uh, and it was it was kind of a discussion because I just I just didn't know how it would go, but ultimately decided to go with a male pen name and just kind of own it and be who I was. And I've been really, really pleased with the reception that the series has received. Uh, you know, my my audience, people ask who my readers are. They're ninety eight or ninety nine percent female. Uh, my and guess, yeah, 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 right. Okay, so ninety nine percent, yeah. Um, uh, so they're they're mostly female. If I had to guess, based on my interaction with my reader, they're somewhere between forty five and fifty five years old. It's kind of a bell curve, and I've been really, really pleased that they've enjoyed the stories and enjoyed the series, and it's gone really well. Well, I love the uh, the series because uh, I'm I'm a lot like you in that I love thrillers. I love a great mystery. I love uh, stories that that kind of meander and turn and keep me guessing. Um, but it, it, while uh, I don't mind necessarily uh, a gritty story, um, I personally just like to have a break sometimes and and to enjoy the story without feeling like I need to go take a shower afterwards. Oh, I know. <laughs> you, it. Know, you know, and, and I have, um, I have grown kids. Uh, my youngest is 16. Now my oldest is 25. And uh, so they're, they're young adults. Um, but I like to share books with them and talk story. And even though, you know, most of my kids are, are grown now, I, there are things I just don't want to I don't want to talk about, you know, certain things with them. I want to share things that that we can talk about later. And and, and that, you know, these sorts of books give me that opportunity to do that. And I think that's, you know, completely worthy um, and 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 great to have. Um, did you 
did you have any trepidation? And well, of course you did because you just talked about some of those things. But what you know, deciding on a on a female protagonist was that ever an issue for you? Like, how do you go about getting in the mindset to to you know portray hope and and you do it so well? Like, are there any tricks that you do to to kind of shift your writer brain? Sure, and thank you. Uh, what's been really interesting about the reviews. And I, I know you're not supposed to read reviews, but I honestly am still at the point in my career where reading reviews helps me. Uh, I mean, I can spot, you know, the weird review that that you just kind of got to let, you know, uh, you know, brush off your back. But for the most part, I can still learn how to become a better author by reading reviews. And I need to become better. You know, I've I've got a long way to go. But one of the things that kind of consistently comes up is that women are often surprised that a man wrote this. Now, <laughs> I, I did not go into this with, with that intention. No, I didn't go into this thinking, I want people to be surprised. Uh, it, it just sort of has happened. Uh, so I don't really try, I, again, and it's weird, like, I mean, review after review that says, you know, I thought about not reading this because it was a man, but then I was happily surprised how well he writes from a woman's perspective. And that's really nice, but I, I never go at it thinking I'm trying to write this from a, from a woman's perspective. I simply try to write it from Hope's perspective. Uh, I simply try to write it from Katie's perspective, from Granny. Uh, so I, I just never think about it now from a, from a woman's perspective. Now, my wife, uh, now that she kind of knows that this has been some of the feedback, she thinks it makes a lot of sense because she has always said that in our relationship, in, in some ways, I'm more of the girl in our relationship, <laughs> which is always super flattering when your wife tells you that. Uh, but, but she, she has a point, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit more romantic than her about some things. Uh, in some areas, I'm just, I'm more sensitive. And although that, that, that isn't, you know, indicative of women per se, uh, she's always noticed that there's, there's just some differences. And then I think the big thing though, is I had that experience of eight or nine years of being a full-time stay-at-home dad. Uh, you know, I have eight children and that was one of the most eye-opening experiences of my life. I remember when my, uh, my wife was doing most of the child rearing, there would be days that I would come home and I just wanted to kind of relax with her. And she would just be so nervous about trying to get everything kind of clean in the house. And I remember at the time thinking, you know what, you're just doing this because you, you like things clean. Uh, just take a break. Let's just enjoy things. And she would always say, gosh, you just don't understand what it's like to run a house. And you know what? She was right. Because when it was my turn to finally have to do all of that, I realized how overwhelming it can be and how I needed to do just certain uh, like bare minimum amount of stuff just to keep the, the trains on the tracks. And I guess what that did for me is it allowed me to see things from my wife's perspective from a woman's perspective in a way that I never had to before. And I think of all those experiences, the one that maybe stands out the most is with our seventh and our eighth child, 
uh, with Fulton and Joshua, because of the way our insurance and our financial situation was at that time, uh, my wife had to go back to work, I think, at, on day seven with Fulton and day six with Joshua. Oh my! So uh, that was, and she said, she's like, listen, I don't want to be at the house. There's a hundred kids in here. It's not <laughs> like I'm going to get any rest. She's like, this is a lot nicer for me if I can go to my office and just hang. Uh, but I think for me though, like I was raising these little tiny human beings for the first time ever. And really kind of like a mom would, uh, it was an extraordinary experience for me. And so I think to the extent that I am able to write from a woman's perspective, I think most of it would, would maybe be just because I've been in this experience of having to sort of see things a little bit more from especially a mom's perspective. So have eight kids and be a stay-at-home dad. That's that's the. That's answer. how you do it. That's it's how you do it. Pretty simple. Okay, I got it. Yeah, I got mean it. it's 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 the oldest advice in the book, Hank. <laughs> Go have eight kids and be a stay-at-home dad uh, during the worst recession in our nation's oh, history. That's oh. that's 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 how you do it. Well, you know, Don and I have five kids, and you know, people roll their eyes at us. And hey, I'm do like, you know what we, uh, Hank? I'm sorry to interrupt you. Do you yeah. know what we call people like you? Amateurs, slackers. Yep, that's right. Sorry, <laughs> I was going to say that. You know, then I look at you and I feel accomplished, and then I see you on Facebook, and I just, I just keep scrolling. You know, Dan makes me feel like a, uh, like a loser. You know, um, like a piker. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a poser up here next to Dan. Oh man, so so Dan, you're up to book six um, with Hope Walker now. Um, yeah, how do you? You, you know, and, and people probably get tired of hearing me say this, but I'm I'm fascinated with beginnings, with how things begin and the that sort of genesis moment of a project. Um, when you're thinking of a new hope book um, and 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 tell me if it gets easier because uh, of when writing a series, because you kind of had the world built and characters in, in place. But what is that first thing that comes to you? Is it a is it a, a, a plot idea uh, or is it, you know, hope needs to to be in this situation and then plot comes out of that? What, where does the story idea begin? Yeah, with this particular series, uh, I think, as I explained uh, in the last episode, when I conceived of the series, I wanted to think of a series that could go 15 to 25 books. So I had certain sort of uh, milestones I wanted hope to be able to to make, uh, and so I've always kind of had that in the back of my mind. And those milestones could be uh, resolutions to to large outside questions, uh, relationships that that aren't fully formed, uh, certain big things I wanted to see happen that I thought were significant enough that they could sort of carry a series. So if you think about uh, Longmire, especially as the, the television series uh, kind of was unfolded, you have some of those kind of large outside questions. What exactly happened to Walt's wife? Uh, you know, what's going on with, with the Connollys? Uh, what's going on with Jacob and the, and the casino? So you have those kind of large things. So I, I wanted to kind of set myself up some of those large things. And so uh, 
when I get to the next book, I kind of have to do two things. I do number one, uh, where are we at, you know, in advancing towards answering that particular question. And so I, so there's certain things that need to happen in this book. So for instance, I released book six, uh, in July, and that was the first book of the second season of the Hope Walker mysteries. I think of them as five book seasons. And so I knew that in book, uh, six, uh, there was some still some broader questions out there, but I needed to introduce some new questions for the season. Uh, at the same time, uh, I kind of look at how I'm approaching each mystery, and I don't want each mystery to be the same. And so uh, I think that is actually a real benefit of doing mysteries is that uh, with each new book, I kind of look at the books around it and say, okay, I did a locked room there. Uh, I can't do a locked room again for a while. Or uh, on this one, um, I had uh, more of a monk approach. Like he, like maybe she, she had a really good idea of who the person was, but she just couldn't figure out who did it. Right. Right. And so I just try to kind of vary how I approach the mystery each time. Uh, And then I always think of, especially because these are cozy mysteries, like you always have to remember, how do you give your readers a chance to spend time with the people they're going to love? So Amanda Emily, and I hope you can have her on your podcast sometime. I don't think you have, uh, but she is just unbelievable and amazing in the world of mysteries and cozy mysteries and witch cozy mysteries. And I've heard her say before that she always likes to have like a big dinner scene somewhere in her book. And she's like, it can't like, I can't have a dinner scene that's too long because that's where all of the people that my readers love get around the table. And, and that's part of why they're here in this book. So I kind of have to figure out what's the dinner scene for me in this book. What's the best vehicle for uh, my readers to spend time with Hope and Granny and Katie in this book? And then, then I have enough to kind of go forward. The Novel Factory Online is software for the serious writer. With features like notes that are automatically organized, that means no more drowning in piles of paper notes, or spending hours organizing digital folder structures. The Novel Factory offers clear, obvious structures for noting down information about plot, characters, locations, and everything else relating to your novel. Innovative features like the Roadmap take you from concept to finished novel. The Roadmap is an optional step-by-step guide to writing a novel that takes you from the premise to final manuscript and beyond. It draws on tried-and-true, tested theory that lies behind the majority of best-selling novels and blockbuster movies. Access your writing anywhere. The web version of the Novel Factory can be accessed anywhere you have internet. So you can write your novel on the train to work, while walking the dog, or climbing a mountain. Just log in and all your drafts and notes will be at your fingertips. Go to novel-writer.com to see how this powerful software can unleash your creative side. Use code HANK2020 for 20% off. That's the Novel Factory. Authors, I have a fantastic new service to tell you about. It's called PubSite. PubSite is a service to help you build your very own website 
your home on the web where you can promote your work and give your fans a place to connect with you. PubSite is a website platform that allows every author, regardless of budget, to have a great-looking professional website developed by the book marketing professionals at FSB Associates. PubSite is the new, easy-to-use DIY website builder developed specifically for books and authors. Whether you're an author of one book or 20, or a small publisher, PubSite allows you to build, design, and most importantly, update your website pain-free. No need to be dependent on a designer or webmaster to make a small but costly change to your website. Save the money and do it yourself. PubSite is the best platform for authors because it's a book-centric platform. PubSite was built just for authors and small publishers. Every design, feature, and layout is book-centric. They have customized designs for you to use. It's easy to build. No coding or HTML is necessary to create a stunning, professional-looking website with all the features you want. Get a custom domain name, yourname.com. It's simple to update. You can add all of your books, add a blog and a book tour, sell from any retailer, manage your email list and social media, and even do e-commerce. Build your website with a 14-day free trial, then pay just $19.99 per month, which includes hosting. And we offer packages starting at $499 to set up the website for you. Pub-Site.com, the place to help authors find their home on the web. Gotcha. Um, I love this idea of the seasons and uh, that you say that each season is like a five-book arc. Um, what does approaching storytelling in that way, what does that allow you to do? Um, and And what maybe are some of the constraints that you bumped up against? when uh, kind of envisioning it in this, in this way? I think the only constraint is that sometimes, uh, and I don't even know, this might just me, be me psyching myself out. I think the only constraint is sometimes I just takes me longer to get started on the next book because I feel like I really have to think it through correctly and that might just be nonsense. You know, that, that might just be the lizard brain trying to keep me the, you know, Stephen Pressfield, that might just be another form of the resistance trying to hold me back. <laughs> I don't know that there's a ton of, uh, you know, bad things about it in terms of the, the good things. It's, it's really, really helpful because the way I approach my, my series is, is like it's television. Uh, you, you and I've talked about Longmire before and yeah. I mean, I've enjoyed the books, but I thought that TV series was so well done. Oh, yeah. Uh, just amazing. And, and I go back to it often. So uh, quite honestly, I, I want this to be a television series someday. And I, I know when you say that, it, it can kind of sound stupid to say it out loud. Uh, but golly, I mean, there's, there's a lot of people a lot dumber than me who have put out really terrible TV shows into the world, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, there are just terrible shows. I, when, I, when you and I were little, uh, the fall guy with uh, Lee Majors was on oh, yes. television, and I never missed the fall guy. If you go back and watch that show, it is, it's almost unwatchable. Uh, <laughs> I mean, seriously, but for waiting for the scene when they get to be in the bathtub outside, 
Uh, other than that, like it might be the worst written television show in history. Like there are so many terrible examples of TV. So I just said from the beginning, gosh, why not have this be a TV show someday? So I always think about it in, in that context. You know, how can I write this so that it works for TV? So my uh, books are dialogue driven. You know, I am not strong on narrative prose. Uh, I am not, you know, going to knock your socks off with, with this description of this sunset. I'm not strong there. It's not a strength. I focus on keep it going. Uh, kind of think of it in terms of set pieces and relationships and dialogue. And that has really, really helped me uh, as I go well, through this. Well, and that kind of is what drives this genre, isn't it? I mean, that's what you want in, in these types of books. You want strong characters with great dialogue to keep the story moving. Uh, like, I don't necessarily, I'm not looking for great descriptions of sunsets. Um, I, I want to hear these characters. No, that's exactly right. Because, uh, all, all, you know, it would be, it would be incorrect to say, I think sometimes people go back to Agatha Christie and Dorothy Sayers and draw a straight line from them to cozy mysteries. I'm not sure that's correct. You know, I don't, I don't want to spend an afternoon with Perot. You know, I, I can never say his name, right? Uh, okay. I want to, I want to see how his mind solves uh, the mystery. That is that, I mean, he, that's a clear whodunit, right? Yeah. Um, I, I don't really like hanging out with him though. Uh, cozy mysteries to really nail the modern cozy mystery. You really do want characters that people and, and oftentimes a setting that people want to revisit over and over again, uh, a setting and characters that people love. Um, and, and so you're right. I mean, it's character driven, it's dialogue driven and yes, people want, uh, a, a good mystery. And, and if, and if you can really knock their socks off, then that's icing on the cake. Uh, but I think in this genre, uh, character and dialogue certainly comes first. Well, um, let's talk about your writing process for just a minute, Dan, because, um, you know, with six books in the series out many more planned, um, plus your, your teaching, uh, during the day and you've got eight kids. Um, I would imagine that your writing time is at a premium now as much as it ever has been. Um, and, uh, you know, you probably like me in a lot of situations, I just don't have four or five hours to just lounge in front of the computer and just, you know, daydream about story. When, when I sit down, I need to kind of know what I'm going to do, even though I'm not a great outliner. That's, that's not, um, kind of my strength as a writer, but, but I do, like to understand the story before I sit down. Um, how do you approach it and to make sure that you're getting the most out of your writing sessions? Yeah. I mean, uh, you and me, and I think, let's just be honest, most people just don't have a lot of time to write. So our, our time is precious. You and me are not the only people that are busy. Everybody's busy, right? The older you get, you realize everybody is busy. You just don't have much time, so it's precious, and you got to make it count. So what I do is I use plot points. Uh, I know what are the the five or six things that I've got to accomplish in a book, 
And so I spend time thinking about those and I just write them on a simple piece of paper that I keep in my pocket. Uh, Once I kind of have those plot points, then what I'll do is I'll spend just a little bit of time opening up a notebook and just writing out for me in the mystery space. I have to write out the different uh, suspects names on a piece of paper. So I write them out on, on a piece of paper and I just start thinking about possible motives. And once I have maybe those four to six plot points that I want to hit, uh, once I have, a, have kind of thought through, like I told you before, kind of what's, where am I at in the big story? Uh, what's kind of, you know, kind of the, some of the fun little vehicles for characters. Uh, and, and then I, I have like four to six suspects and I, and I thought about some of the motives. I usually don't know all of the motives, but if I can just get started, then I've got enough. And, and, and once I'm there, then I start writing. Uh, I think my biggest problem is I still continue to waste a lot of time. Uh, there, it is really, really easy for me to type Yahoo into my browser and just start looking through like every stupid Joe Rogan bought a new house in Austin. And I'm like, seriously, I gotta, I gotta check out the photos in that. I mean, I, uh, I really struggle at times with focus. So sometimes people say, Oh, you got a lot done. That's incredible. And I sort of kick myself because I know there's just so much more I could get done. And, and this, this allows me to give you a quote that I wanted to give you. Cause I always want to be prepared for interviews. And I know I'm talking to somebody from the great state of Mississippi. So I need to know, are you an old miss fan or a Mississippi state fan? Mississippi state 100%. Okay. okay this is perfect. So I've got a Mike Leach quote for you. Oh, and uh, of course we all love the pirate and we love that he's at Mississippi state and we, I, I, we, we hope it goes well, but in reflecting on the Alabama game the other day, uh, he said something that I wrote down and I loved it. It It's very simple, but this is what he said. Mike Leach says, everybody can work harder than they think they can. Alabama through their process has learned and discovered that. And I, I really think that's where I'm at in the writing process. I have got to figure out how to work harder and more efficiently and, and, and waste less time and be more focused. some of the great, great authors like Amanda M. Lee have figured that out. She's the Alabama of the indie writing scene. And there, there's a lot like her. Right. They have figured out how to how to just freaking sit down and get the damn work done. And I'm at a point now where I just have to figure that out. Uh, I've wasted enough time and I've got to be more focused with my time. So. um as someone who has published quite a few books, um, and now with book six of uh, of the Hope Walker series out, and, and I know book seven's coming soon, and we'll talk about that yep. in just a minute. But it, does it become easier to write in this series um, as things are more established? You know, you've got a great cast of characters that we can depend on to come back. We've got a great setting. Um, does it get easier to get back into that mindset and to tell a story? Uh, is it easier now than, than, you know, when you're just staring at a blank piece of paper where, you know, one, the, the options are limitless, but then on the other hand, the options are limitless, you, you know, you know no, what I mean? Absolutely. The, the conundrum. 
Yeah. So, uh, I think it's definitely easier to get started. Uh, but I think just kind of, uh, psychically, I, I, I have, I have struggled a little bit the last two books, just being worried that they're not going to be good enough. Um, uh, because I know I did the best I could at that first season. I was really happy with how that first season went. Um, it went about as well, just from a story perspective, as I sort of envisioned at the beginning. And so I know it's easier to get into it now, but I'm also kind of worried at times, uh, boy, don't, don't take my reader for granted. Uh, make sure I do my best. Uh, and, and quite honestly, you know, my life accelerates at such a, a pace that at times, you know, it's really difficult. Uh, you know, I, I submitted book seven to the editor last week. Uh, and that last three weeks was hard. It was a lot of words and not a lot of time. And I had that thing kind of eating at me. Gosh, I didn't make sure this is good. You know, don't, don't let your reader down. So, so that's been hard, but at the same time, I am starting fresh on another series, uh, another cozy mystery series that I want to start releasing in the summer. And, uh, it, I mean, I'm a little bit paralyzed on that right now. Cause I'm, I'm sort of going back and forth in, in terms of how I approach it. Uh, and I, and I think to myself, wow, do I, do I just do hope Walker mystery, but different, or do I do something very, very different and having that blank page, uh, at least right now, uh, I'm finding to be a little bit paralyzing with this new series. Do you feel like you've, uh, you've hit your stride though in cozy mysteries? Do you, do you feel like, you know, there comes a point where, um, you either get the feeling, okay, this is what I've been looking for. This is, this is where I feel comfortable, where I feel like I fit in. Um, you know, and a, a lot of authors will try different genres because, you know, uh, I, I love science fiction. I love fantasy. Um, I love thrillers. Um, and I, I know I can't do all of those, even though I love right. to consume them. But there's something about finding that place that just fits for you. Um, do you feel like this is the genre where it you've kind of found your niche? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I have no idea if I'm ever going to be a big seller. Uh, I don't I don't mean it like that. But in terms of a fit and you said it perfectly, uh, this is this is a great fit for me. Uh, it, it allows me to explore relationships. Uh, I do like murder mysteries, but. Ever since I started having children, I just don't, I'm not really drawn to heavy violence, yeah. uh, but I love the tension in a murder mystery. I love to explore relationships. Uh, I love to, to try and be funny. Uh, I, I love sitting down and watching Hallmark shows, but they're just not funny. Like they're never funny. Uh, I like them. I enjoy them. Uh, but I'm always thinking, man, why, why couldn't it, why couldn't they just attempt to be funny? Uh, but I love, you know, getting to do that. And so it really is a perfect fit for me. I would say the, the one thing I'll probably try at some point is some sort of, uh, I think what's sometimes called women's fiction, but you know, sometimes you might call it family fiction, uh, where it, it's not mystery based, but it's relationship and, 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 and kind of romance and, 
and family based. Uh, that would be the only other thing I would explore uh, in the adult genre world. Uh, I think this is a great fit and, and I can see doing this for a long, long time. Oh, I love it. Um, your book seven in this series comes out um, soon, soon ish. Uh, when can we expect to see it? Do you think? Yeah, David Gatewood uh, sent me a brilliant picture yesterday of him dressed as a pirate finishing up edits <laughs> on my book. And I just think that's got to be a good omen, right? Right. So uh, so it will go off to the next well, Either editor. that or he's become a Mississippi State fan. That's right. That, that's got to be it, right? Gotta, yeah, it's got to be. I it. mean, you, you've got nothing to root for in the state of Virginia right now. So um, that's right. So. Uh, that's gotta be a good sign. It'll go to the next editor next week, which means we're about three to four weeks from publishing it. And I'm really excited. It's called a hopeless Valentine. Uh, I think it's, I think it's good. I, I, I'm excited about it. I really enjoyed writing it and, uh, I'm really excited about trying to get it to the finish line. You'll have to excuse me. I am still at school. I am a teacher. So, uh, (laughs) Uh, hopefully that wasn't, uh, for my son. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, you also put a box set out, uh, recently of the first season. Is that right? Well, not the whole first season. I did the first three books. The first season is, is five books. And so I wanted to get people started with the first three books in the season, uh, in the series. Uh, so you can get that box set. I put that out a month or so ago, and that's a great opportunity to, uh, to get those first three books read and to try to cut your teeth and see if it's something you enjoy. Excellent. We'll put links to those in the show notes. Um, That'd be awesome. Dan, this has been so much fun chatting and catching Thank up. Thank you, Hank. We're, As always. We're going to send everyone to pick up uh, the Hope Walker Mystery Series. I'll put links all in the show notes to make it easier for folks. Um, where can people find you if they want to dig into all of the fantastic stuff that you do? Yeah. So if you go to, you know, Facebook, uh, author Daniel Carson or something like that, you'll find me. I think the best way is Amazon. I steer people towards Amazon. If you're interested in cozy mysteries, go to Amazon and search for Daniel Carson. If you're interested in kids books, because I do write middle grade and picture books, then go to Amazon and just search for Daniel Kenny and spell it E-Y. We're the E-Y Kennys, not the Y's. <laughs> Those losers that can't afford an extra E. Total uh, losers. Total losers. Dan, uh, as always, so fun uh, chatting, catching up. Love everything that you do. We're going to send everyone to see you. Thank you, brother. Thanks, Hank. You're the best. Good luck on episode 1000. Do you want to get paid to write stories? Do you enjoy collaborating with other talented storytellers? Do you want to work completely remotely and set your own hours? Relay Publishing is looking for writers and editors to work on fiction projects across a range of genres, from thrillers to sci-fi, fantasy, and romance. The Relay process is extremely collaborative in the same vein as a TV show's writer's room. If you're a story geek, then you'll be on a great team. There are seven ghostwriting positions and ten editing positions currently available. Please go to www.recruitment.relaypub.com 
That's www.recruitment.relaypub.com for more information on how to apply. Join a great storytelling team today. What Death Taught Tarrant by Derek McFadden. Life is a journey. So is the afterlife. At the end of his life, Terrence McDonald must discover its meaning or he'll be banned from the afterlife forever and his soul will cease to exist. Join Terrence and those who love him on a poignant and unforgettable journey through a life at once wonderful and harrowing. Learn what Terrence learned. See what Terrence sees. By this provocative story's end, readers may even learn a thing or two about themselves. See why people are saying things like, Derek McFadden writes with an insight you can match. If you like the works of Mitch Album, I think you'll find What Death Taught Terrence a worthy addition to your library and the reading of it, a life-affirming journey. I found this story immediately immersive and it stuck with me long after I finished. What Death Taught Terrence by Derek McFadden on sale now. Invasion Day, the first book in the They Came for Blood series by Scott Moon. David Osage is a dangerous man with a complicated past, but these days he's just trying to keep his head down, driving big rigs. One night he saddles himself with a hitchhiker, a nuisance who's more than she seemed, and that's when everything changes. No one was ready for an alien invasion. Death is raining from the sky and the only questions left is do you run, fight, or submit? For David Osage and his family, answering is as easy as giving the alien invaders the finger. Grab book one, Invasion Day, in the They Came for Blood series, and then follow it up with book two, Resistance Day, and book three, Victory Day. Available at Amazon.com. 